0: Welcome everybody, this is Room Tone, the radio show And here we are on Cop Radio 100.5 FM I'm Roger, your host Oh, wow, we're about to talk movies here in downtown Eastside, Vancouver I'm so happy, really guys, I'm so happy to be here with an extremely special person I feel like this person's got a really, really bright spirit And I want everybody to raise your hands Because today in the booth, we have Connor Provenzano how are you doing, Connor? How are you feeling today? So good. Thank
1: you so much. It's, it's a really wonderful thing to be here with you today.
0: It's my pleasure, and I feel like today we're actually going to take it and go a little bit more mellow. We got some really interesting music, a really interesting music lineup uh, today because it's the actual soundtrack of your film, Focused Life. So before we actually head-dive into the soundtrack, let me ask you,
1: who are you and what's the film about? Well, um, my name is Connor. I was born in Utah, Um, in the States, and um, it's a nice, you know, really spacious, beautiful desert, lots of mountains place. Um, You know, uh, I've lived with, you know, a lot of bohemians and artists, and just got into filmmaking when I was in high school, uh, when my sister gave me a book, which was History of of Cinema, by Jack C. Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. And, um, I just fell in love with the idea that cinema could be so moving and powerful as to mobilize people. For example, um, you know, the movie Strike, which was made by, um, Sergei Eisenstein, and I just, I, I felt really inspired and I got into all of the film, the various film movements that are really prominent, and, um, you know, decided to study film a little bit in high school and then in college. you know, after I discovered Stanley Kubrick, it was all over, and, you know, I decided I wanted to be a a filmmaker, and, um, yeah, I guess I got into film, into this film, Focused Life, right after I finished school, um, you know, I had the tools and the knowledge that I felt, you know, ambitious enough and kind of bold enough to, to step into making a feature, so I just, um, yeah, I mean, there's a backstory that has to do with yoga training as well.
0: I can't wait to actually get get all in there. And you guys, I'm sure that you guys can tell we're in for a treat today. We got quite some energy here in the booth and I'm so excited because the story of making the film is as exciting as the film. Of course, the film talks about the importance of focus, right? And, and the direction of focus and attention in, in, in nowadays world, which is tremendously relevant, you know, for all human beings out there. But first, let me ask you about how you actually came to be with this uh, with this idea, with this film how did that happen? Well you know I never did very well in school Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can can resonate with that, good
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah and what that really looks like is that I just didn't respond to the the kind of rigid formalities and the consequences and grades and that kind of whole structure Um, I know it, it is useful for some people they really respond to it but I never did and so I kind of grew up with this insecure feeling that maybe I wasn't a good learner, or, um, I couldn't focus very well, and I, I do remember a lot of inattentive moments in class, like trying to learn math and keep up with the pace, um, and actually right now, having kind of, you know, gotten through this learning process with the, the film and learning more about focus and attention, I feel kind of validated by the fact that, you know, (laughs) there's a slow movement happening and people are starting to say, wait a minute, maybe, you know, part of this, um, Moving away from capitalism is just slowing down, in general. So, anyways, that was uh, formative for me. Just the, the the kind of feeling that I had, you know, a, a difficulty in focusing and learning, and so um, you know, that really stuck with me. But it, after it wasn't until the the very last semester of college that I took a class in yoga and and. Tai Chi, and that just really blew my mind, it showed me that there was a way to focus that was slow and deliberate and intentional, and it it created calm, and it also demanded, in a way, a sense of calm, so... Hmm, it seems like everything happens
0: out of necessity in life, right? So this demand for focus and attention, it was almost like a necessity, and it it has become a necessity for all of us, you know, in in, in this world, you know, when things flow so fast. And we can even focus on our own noses. You know, it's uh, it's incredible. Now the film is actually going to have is actually going to open up for a free test screening at Cineworks on the fifteenth of August. If people want to experience more of your charming and relaxing voice, can they meet you there? <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, they can meet me there. I'll be there to, you know, receive everybody, and it'll just be a low key, kind of experience, really relaxed. And then afterwards, we'll have a little Q and A, and people are certainly welcome to give any and all feedback. You know, tell me what they liked, what they didn't like, what could have been better. And I'm still refining it, you know, so this isn't a premiere.
0: Hmm. Amazing. Well, something I can uh, I share is that uh, from the trailer that I've seen, wow, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this this film and uh, this test screening. And, uh, you know, at 7 p.m. is going to be a good time to sort of sit down and just uh, forget about the day and, and, and take a trip. You know, with Captain uh, Provenzano taking you all over the place and, uh, and sharing and, and I mean, a little bit deeper into what attention is for today's world. now, I'm curious about the stage of the film. What's the time frame? When did it all start? You know it's a feature film. a feature film is a big commitment to yourself to the people around you. What's this, the time frame
1: of the film? Right, and the timeline
0: yeah, timeline timeline so, yeah
1: so basically you know, I started in 2012 after about a year and a half of really rigorous yoga practice. And I just, it hit me full force kind of from within that I needed to m- explore this topic. And I I, um, I wanted to know more about its complexity and what other people thought of it. And uh, so I just, you know, started doing street interviews really slowly at first, kind of developing, you know, what is this film? What is this supposed to be? What's supposed to come through? And it just, it took a long time, as, as, you, as you can tell. And, you know... Um, people reassured me around the five-year mark that, you know, no, sometimes documentaries take about, you know, five, six, seven years, or even ten years, but it still felt like a struggle to get it through. And um, I've just learned so much about the free flow of attention and the free flow of creativity through this process. And really, um, there was a lot of lessons and a lot of learning curves involved, um, which we can get into at some point. But, yeah, so I've had several... Um, sort of work-in-progress screenings just to gauge what people think of it and how they're responding to it. And I just, every time I took people's notes really uh, seriously and just incorporated that into the next edit, and I would just do that repeatedly until it started to feel like it was making sense because it's also hard to edit your own film, as as you know.
0: What about putting a deadline to that edit? What about putting that deadline? Do you feel like you're close? The screenings are the deadline <laughs> for
1: me. <laughs> That's <laughs> good, how I motivate myself to really get, you know, get it to be as refined and get it to be as done as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so we need that deadline for sure, as filmmakers. Right. When do you see this uh, get out there in the world?
1: Well, I'd like to get really just following this screening. I'd like to get it out. I'd like to um, say that you know, after this, it's going to be. Um, I might make a few minor changes, and then it's done. And I'll submit it to festivals, and that'll mm-hmm. be it. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. There seems to be a,
0: a quite a lot in here because the energy of the film, the flow of the film is something that is so relevant to so many communities. And I would say especially to schools and universities, you know, where attention and focus is basically the primary uh, skill of any participant or any any person that that, that that basically attends classes, you know?
1: Right. I mean, I think it's so relevant to any... You know, maybe you could say all forms of learning involve attention at some level, and that's one of the reasons why I felt like, wow, this is really a huge part of our nature, and I should explore this uh, very directly. Um, but yeah, in the context of school, I mean, I think it's safe to say that, you know, given uh, both of our experiences, that maybe there's some adjustments that need to happen in, in, in the way um, we're treating attention and the free flow of it in, in inside the school structure. So... I have a lot to say about that, and I, I think it would be wonderful to do kind of workshops and um, learn more about pedagogy. Do you think we can save the academic system?
0: Ooh, tough question right away, man. Oh, Why not let God. it
1: fly? Why not let it oh, fly? Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, that's a really good question. I think that it's going um, to come from another angle. You know, It's going to come from something totally different than what uh, academics are really used to. And it might involve a, a total change in structure.
0: Hmm. I, I, this is something that's really interesting to me because it seems like the lives of many young creatives or many young talented people are completely limited this academic system and I see myself in that and maybe you saw yourself in that too you know oh, but totally. having a life completely um, limited just feeling like you're in a cage you know it's in an invisible cage you know visible and visible invisible and visible too you know what I mean but uh, when you when you look at that you know you just feel it you can't wait to break through that invisible wall and uh, I'm really looking into how we as filmmakers and storytellers and storytellers of all kind you know if you're a storyteller there, uh, movies books uh, radio anything Thing. you're a storyteller that's where stories ultimately uh, and education comes from from stories at the, in, in the, at the times you know we used to sit down around a fight and we still do it today to share stories with each other and that's where education comes from you know now how we can replace the academic system with stories that's another question but I guess that's going to take some time and, uh, and really um, break down the system we're in what is the biggest memory that you have about school
1: well, I received my first F grade when I was <laughs> <laughs> when I was really quite young. Um I guess that's that's one of the biggest I guess negative memories. Mm. Um when I learned that maybe it wasn't working out for me. And then uh, let's see. On the positive side it would just be getting into photography. Oh. And actually when I started to research uh, Stanley Kubrick's life and there's a really amazing interview that um that one of his friends did with him while he was making 2001 A Space Odyssey, where he talks about how he really struggled in school. Um, he, did, he thought it was incredibly useless and boring. Um, I mean, that's his, you know, kind of sentiment about it, not necessarily mine completely, but he said that the one thing that saved him was his discovery of um, the problem-solving that he learned through photography.
0: And that Mm. really got
1: him into uh, learning how to learn and how to monitor his own attention and and, and really, yeah, and that's the great point of life: is that life can teach you anything through anything, you know? Right, and when, you know the film. The film is that it is experiential learning. Film yeah, that I made right
0: when 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 you look into when you look into how people get to learn or get to experience different things. You know, school of course is one thing, but then you look at you look at as you said, Stanley Kubrick mentioned in photography. You know, we can talk about film, or we can talk about any other form of art out there. The the artist going through the art is a process of learning about life so you don't necessarily learn about film but you learn about life through film and that's the beauty of life is that it can give you everything that you need in the way that you can accept it so for you as a photographer right
1: now and as a filmmaker storyteller where do you see yourself in five years probably working with a cohort you know people who I really trust and and respect and who who trust and respect me and we have, we share um, and we challenge each other and we learn and grow together and create really good work. Because it's very hard to make films on your own. I think it's something that, you know, anyone who's made a feature on their own can, or even a short can really relate to. But, um, you know, clearly at some point I want to be working more with people so that this process can happen in a more fluid way, adaptable way, and the opportunity for collaboration is there. Mm. So maybe I wouldn't have to do as many test screenings, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well the the beauty of this of of, of what you just said is that the statement said, you know, I feel like you don't necessarily make films on your own, you know. Even if when you're filming subjects, subjects are part of the team, you know. Oh yeah. Anything that is connected to the film in whatever way is still creating a team as a process of collaboration when you're connecting with the audience, when you're connecting with the with the with the the interviewees, when you're connecting the dots between all of those in the edit room, it's always many many people and you might not even realize just because it's one person editing the film or one person holding the camera doesn't mean it's only one person in the team and that's where it really comes together, you know because you might say, wow, the technical team behind the film is so limited it might only be one person or two people but the real team expands and it's even bigger than any other team you might think of, that's the, also the fascination of filmmaking and, and having something like that really come and hit your that, and, and coming to the
1: realization that you're always connected to other people. I love what you just said. I think that is so true. And and uh, that's really the meat and marrow of these films. It's not like how many people, how many mm, fancy cameras you have or the best equipment and, you know, all of this money. We don't really need a lot of money to make a film. And I think at, at this point it's unethical to, to put so much money in, into films. You know, I think we should be putting it towards... You know, people who really need to eat, who are homeless or whatever. You know, um, we should be redistributing it to uh, the most vulnerable population. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree that the community and support who, who are involved in the film, that is the team. And, and it's, it's more vast. It's sort of reject, reductionist thinking to imagine that, you know, you are alone in it. And I, I, I never felt spiritually alone at all. So. Mm,
0: thank you for sharing that. And thank you for sharing your thoughts because uh, your point of view on, on the unethical aspect of funding film is so resonant and it's so close to what I'm, I'm questioning myself uh, too, you know, uh, how much could we really, really afford to spend on films, you know, because at the end of the day, a film is uh, is an idea, right? Is a statement. And every statement, every idea that is put out there should have an impact on the community, on society, right? But if you can make a bigger impact, moving that money somewhere else through a direct educational Effort or direct uh, um, efforts on specific fields, then why not? You know, why having it having it pour into into films? You know, and so that's also the other struggle for us as filmmakers creating our own morals and, and and ethics around this aspect too so you know starting to think about that is is very important especially in a city like vancouver you know they have these huge yeah. sets and this this um, huge amount of money and yet we look around the corner and we have a postal code that's 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 in pure suffering every single day right. you know what a what a hormonal teenager that vancouver is you know so many <laughs> different things and thoughts crossing the mind yeah yeah, yeah but you know yeah I want to get back to your thought and, 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 and how you felt, never felt spiritually al- alone while in your artistic pursuit right after the break. And this break is actually going to be saturated by the fantastic soundtrack of your film, Focused Life. And uh, uh, this this song is actually I, I read the, 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 the title of the song I was like, wow, look at the uh, Kidly Alphabet Song So we're actually going to play This is some really smooth, mellow jazz right here So imagine a film with this fascinating soundtrack Everybody, test screening of Focus Life uh, 15th of August at 7pm At the Cineworks Independent uh, Filmmaker Society So everybody, keep your e- ears open And close your eyes And let this beautiful music take you Wherever it needs to take you I'll catch you in a minute Wow! 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 There was some mellow jazz, the original soundtrack of *Focused Life*, filmed by Connor Provenzano, right here in the booth with me. What a pleasant personality, right here, Connor. How are you feeling? I feel great. Thank you. I'm uh, I'm very happy to have you here, you know, because the energy that you just shoot through that mic is wonderful. Your charming voice is a pleasure f- here for uh, Cop Radio 100.5 FM and all the other people listening to your voice on the other side of this microphone. I'm Roger, your host on Room Tone, the radio show, talking movies because we love it, man. We love movies, all of them, every single frame of those films and something we don't really like. And we're here to talk about a little bit of everything. But today... With Connor here in the booth, we're about to talk about focused life film, about attention and focus. And you said earlier, before this break, you said, I never felt spiritually
1: alone in my artistic endeavor. What does that mean? I mean, I think it it has a lot to do with connectivity. Like you mentioned before, and I know you know this from your experiences as a filmmaker, that when you really open your heart to the subjects so-called subjects that you're interviewing um... there's so much caring and and openness and and kindness and compassion that comes through and and learning um, so the people who i learned from by interviewing them um, and shared a connection with uh, always always that felt so meaningful and, en- and enlivening and really i guess you could say that it enlivened my spirit You know, so when we talk about spirit or spirituality, uh, we're talking about the life force that animates the body and gives us life, and anything that sort of brightens it up is giving you some kind of connection to spirit, right? So anything that makes you feel alive and just thriving and healthy. And so there were plenty of opportunities for that in the film. Um, I did a lot of interviews and had to unfortunately remove some because of length and pacing and as you know that's difficult to figure out so but also i must say that um... there's a there's a sense in which the meditation practice and and the yoga would help me kind of stay connected to nature within the framework of my own body so and i did i did delve into meditation quite seriously um... throughout the course of the film and so i think that always helped me feel grounded in the sense of the sort of kaleidoscopic nature that is always changing and always evolving within. Hmm,
0: a lot of beautiful words right there, making a very dense point, and it seems like uh, uh, your connection to yoga has really uh, influenced and, and, and affected you while making your film. So, um, watching the trailer, I could feel a little bit of that, you know, and, and, um, and again, the, 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 um, the nature of the film... That really taps into the necessity of, of 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 educated attention and educated focus. It's so close
1: to how yoga then actually flows. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's about that, and it's also about how are we going to use our attention? Because, you know, one could make the 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 case that it's value neutral, and that it depends on where we actually apply it and how and and. and you know, maybe that's one of the the most prominent questions of, of our time right now, is how are we going to use our attention um, towards good, towards virtue, towards taking care of each other, um, instead of just the accumulation of capital, which has been the narrative for so long, um, and it's it's clearly not working. Hmm,
0: how, where, and how are we going to direct our attention? You know, this is so relevant, you know, and it's so relevant because it also goes down to the core of filmmaking, you know, film theory. A camera exists because it directs your attention on a specific aspect of the scene or of the dynamic, right? right? right. So it, it, I, can, I can feel a, 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 a meta aspect. To this film as well, you know, and how uh, you are asking for basically people's attentions, you know, during the film to learn more about attention. Woo, that's a beautiful cycle right there. Have you ever thought about that? It's amazing. Exactly.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, the film has a lot of layers to it and certainly there's a meta-awareness aspect of it. And I always say before screening that if you're noticing how your attention behaves while you're watching the film... Now you're watching the film, you know what I mean?
0: Ah, that's, that's amazing. A- that's that's a great way to flip the omelette, man. You know, it's <laughs> like, you're not losing attention because cause maybe the character is not saying <laughs> that. It's like, because you're not paying attention. It's your role. That's beautiful, man. I Sorry. love
1: it. I love oh, it, yeah. man. That's a genius one, man. No, yeah, it's not about blame, but it's certainly, you know, it's funny because I think it has a built-in mechanism where it's like, if people lose attention maybe they'll feel a little bit guilty you know <laughs>
0: give me a high five man so that's it man that's 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 the way man why haven't we thought about this before filmmakers you know there are all these things where it's like man the the you know the worst thing you could do to an audience is to like uh, to bore them you know to lose their attention but now with this film you've already built a mechanism where basically it already explains it all so that's perfect man you got it all figured out man <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome thanks
1: and can i just say one more thing on that aspect make it happen let it all out, man. So, I mean, this film, this f- film focused life, and a lot of what I do, it has a devotional aspect to it. And um, this kind of, uh, you could say, movement, or you could say, you know, intentionality of a specific kind of filmmaking, which is called devotional cinema or tantric cinema, is about being very intentional about what you are le- sort of exploring and. In such a way that hopefully it leaves a post-film experience on the audience where they are uh, kind of observing their own mental contents.
0: Wow, so this is where the film becomes a mirror. And you give people the chance to tap into that mirror, to look at that mirror and say, what did I go through in that experience? Why did I go through that? And how can I improve myself for that? That's beautiful. That's, a, that's, a, that's really the core of storytelling. You know, if people can carry something back home after they watch your film or they experience your art, then you're in the right place. That's for sure. hundred percent. Beautiful. Nice, Connor, nice. that's amazing. I love the sound of that. Now, <laughs> I know that it took you quite some time to make this film happen. What's the most uh, relevant memory that you have while making the film
1: the most relevant memory i have in making the film is i was uh, doing some filming in new york city um and i i did an interview with a lady on the south side of brooklyn um and she is a longtime sitter of vipassana um, and has done things like a year-long course silent course she's very very serious and also full of joy and just, you know, very easy going. I went to New York City to understand how, you know, people in that environment experience focus and concentration because it's quite different from Salt Lake City where there's more spaciousness. And this at the end of the interview, you know, I said, do you know anywhere to go? To, is there anywhere I can go to lunch around here? And she just said, um, use your intuitive wisdom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just laughed and I, I I, you know, gave her a hug and took off. And I went um, and and kind of with the feeling of the interview and her her inspiration. I went and sat somewhere and had a really nice, um, attentive, slow meal, which just felt like such a, a privilege. And then I remember uh, just sort of taking my time. And when it felt in my body somehow like it was the perfect time to leave, I, I left and I went and found the train. Um, and uh, while I was on the uh, on the train. Um, I was reading a book on Einstein's relativity theory, and it was talking about um, simultaneous events. And at this point, let me backtrack. So the night before, I had uh, had lunch in Gowanus, or I had dinner in Gowanus, and I hadn't really gotten much done. And I sat down, and I decided to give up and just sort of, you know, face that today I didn't get much done, and and that's okay. So um, I'm sitting there, and I start to feel someone come up behind to sit down. And somehow I don't really know how, but I, I can only describe it that I knew they were meditating. And I, so I'm sitting there. I finished dinner, and as I turned to leave, I, I looked around and I realized that someone was there, in fact, sitting in meditation. So fast forward again to this being on the train. Um, I'm sitting there reading the book on Einstein, and uh, I I out of the corner of my eye I notice somebody gets on the train, and I have that same feeling of this is this person is. I know this person is meditating somehow. That's all I can, uh, that's the only way I can describe it. And I looked up and it was the same guy. Wow. And I, I followed him off the train and, you know, asked him if he'd like to be in the film. And I did an interview with him. That's in the film. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's an incredible story right there. Wow. That's an incredible story. <laughs> and this is really to the power of vibrations, you know, there is a yeah. magnetism, you know, it's a magnetism that pulls you in and out. And when he comes into the mechanism of, of filmmaking, wow, it really, it's, it's magic. I like to call to- it magic, you totally, know, totally. you know, it's like that energy needs to be in this film. And and that's where I want to actually step right. into this new aspect of filmmaking, a more spiritual aspect of filmmaking related to the spirit of the film itself.
1: You know, mm-hmm. do you believe
0: a film has a spirit of its own?
1: Oh, certainly, certainly, it has a, a something of its own that comes into contact with the mind when you watch it. And um, yeah, what do you what do you think? About I feel like
0: that? that's that's a that's a question I've been thinking about a lot. You nice, know, nice. and Good. it's really about that that essence of the film, right? What 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 does a story, even maybe as a story has a spirit and as, a, as a, and an essence. Filmmakers can work to create a story that, also, especially through the medium of film, can live f- forever. You know, or can live for as long as it technology you know allows it. Of course, uh, but the power of that is that maybe we can even even step into a territory that can let us say um, filmmakers create the infinite. That's a big word right there. But creating stories and putting them on screen and sharing them with an audience, also with the sub- co- collective subconscious of people, the more people watch the film, the more thought is directed that way, the more juice the story actually gets gets to share, you know? it's, it's What an interesting... Uh, wow, I never get to, got to talk about this stuff, Connor. You're bringing out some really good content over here, man. This is really amazing, <laughs> you know? Film oh. and spirituality, quite impressive it's over here. so
1: lovely, yeah. And I mean... It's- I guess a film is, it can be more than a story. It can be a really impacting experience that, yeah, leaves somebody really questioning the nature of reality or investigating the nature of reality, and it doesn't necessarily need to be devotional, quotes, in quotes, tantric, in quotes. Um, you know, I, this happens to us all the time when we watch a really great film. It could be about, you know, whatever, but it could have that spiritual content. Mm-hmm. And
0: that's really where... Uh, Multi-multi-layered experiences come into play. You know, we're talking about, for example, creative distribution. Where right. your film. uh, It doesn't have to necessarily be just a one screening experience, but it can be a film-driven event. So imagine after the film having guided meditation. Imagine after the film having speakers talk. Imagine after the screening having workshops dedicated to attention. That can become a life-changing experience for some people, and that's what it's all about. It's about changing lives in a positive manner, and film is one of the tools to do it. And the beauty of film is that it's a constant because every frame is still the same, but it's a, it has a really strong variable. Because no, because maybe the day you watch the film, because the way you watch the film, and all those things, aspects that are surrounding the film, are what extract the different aspects of you as the audience and as the viewer. Have you thought about putting something, uh, creating a, a film dream event? I'm so curious. Something, that, what would you place after your film?
1: Uh what would like what kind of workshop were yeah i'm anything. curious do you have any ideas would you as a speaker go for it i would i would go for it as a speaker yeah and Amazing. i have i have done that you know in in the, in the basically the q and a is an opportunity to sort of speak my mind and 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 give more context to what the what's happening in the film and and provide resources and pass along tools yeah it's that's that's about as as far as i can envision taking it right now, but also workshops in schools. Like I really want to work with young people. Um, uh, the film did a, a test screening with, uh, with the AISU in Utah for a workshop on attention and technology with, with young adults. And, um, they responded re- to it really well and I went and talked with them about attention afterwards. And I would love to do more stuff like that, make it more interactive so people can actually interact with me. Uh, not to center myself too much, but I think when you see a film and you actually know the person, it can help contextualize a lot, right? That's a great um, point right there, for just, sure. Just, just understand the film more and you get more out of it. And, and I also learn so much from people too, like the young people, um, <laughs> about how they interact with attention nowadays, uh, technology nowadays, which is, you know, it's easy to get caught up in bias about those sorts of things
0: seems like uh, watching a film without a filmmaker is, is you're missing the core of the cake, you know? Or maybe the, the crust of the cake. Let me put it that way. The, the reason why is because <laughs> when people, yeah, you know what I mean? When people are, 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 are actually having the chance to project the film uh, onto the filmmaker as well and, and, and really look into what that means, they can, create a, they can create a longer thread. They can dive deeper into the history of the film. They can dive deeper into the future of the film and they can absorb the present in a different way. So having the chance really to make that happen is, is a privilege. And that's why I really encourage all the people out there, whenever you see like a screening, screening with a, followed by a Q&A with the director, you gotta go, you gotta go. No matter what the film is like, no matter if you like the film or not, just go. Because it's an opportunity to learn more about life through the product, through the the, the, the film, the, 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 art, the artistic result, and the artist. And that relationship is probably the most mysterious relationship of the whole human, of all humanity, you know, artist and artistic <laughs> piece, like what the hell man? It's it's the mystery of, of life, you know. It's definitely the mystery of life, you know. Yeah. So uh, what an interesting chat over here, man. Yeah, man. Connor, you know, I've been um, I've been thinking a lot. I've been really meditating um, about the um, the power of communication and the power of design. You know, there's a beautiful saying that. Um, the best communicators are not the ones who actually talk, but they are the ones who design the environment that lead people to make the choices you want them to make. So designing mm. an environment mm. uh, mm-hmm. is way stronger than just directly saying something to someone. Sure. Have you ever come across something like that as a filmmaker yourself, doing those interviews? Where the environment is really shaping the experience in, in a way that is notable? I really feel like uh, watching uh, watching what I watched about your film, is that it was also a story and a process for you to come to connect with those with all those characters and how you got them to share their story and their point of view how what was the line between what was programmed what was planned and what was improvised
1: oh man i mean i did a lot of street interviews where i would just show up to somebody and who i think looks interesting and i would say hey you know and try to get <laughs> get them to, to, <laughs> to notice me I would distract them from what they're doing basically that's how it started <laughs> if I'm being honest it's but then, <laughs> but then, then I, I would just have a you know uh, tell them what I'm up to and just ask if they'd be willing to be in the film and a lot of them right then and there would say sure yeah I don't mind and yeah certainly a lot of it is about um, you know showcasing the environment that they're in which is why I primarily used a wide lens Um, What
0: a, what a, you know, it sounds like a, like a quite a, quite a challenge also to go through all of this and, you know, having the skills also to prepare and adapt to all these moments. How, um, how do you feel if, if it ever happened, you know, um, I'm, I'm talking and I'm asking about those people that interviews you, you already knew they were not going to make it into the film. You know, you already knew how was that process for you of talking with the people and not promising anything while having to get everything out of it
1: (laughs) that's interesting Um, actually I I'm not sure that I uh, I always knew uh, who would be in the I I don't think that I I always operated on the assumption that this was going to be a part of the film even if it's just energetically in the sense that you know the energy they bring and the the way that the things that I learned from them is going to feed back into the film right so they were still in the film if you look at it that way um and I always operated on the basis that, you know, somebody would be, would be in it. it. just I had to refine later on editing. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, we, let's talk some
0: tech for, okay. for, uh, for the, the techie guys out there and myself, too. I'm a bit of a techie guy, too. But let's talk some tech. Let's talk about the actual cameras and lenses and, and, and softwares that you actually had to use. Did any of those let you down?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I used a rode mic, which is pretty finicky, I and mean, it's not—it's not very good for—it's mm. not—it's not the best quality. But it was just—it's a run and gun thing that people use with DSLRs, and I used a rebel T3I and plugged that in and just said, well, you know, might need a little bit of cleaning later, but it's good—it's good enough, mm-hmm. especially at close range. So, you know, I'd, I also used uh, a combination of things, like I used an H H4N. Um, recorder with a lavalier microphone in some instances, and when when I uh, uh, when possible, I would invite people into a studio to do some recording with real microphones. Um, my friend Joseph Peterson, who shout out to Joe, he's uh, uh, a recording engineer and and records music. So he was willing to be step up and be a part of that. So it's a little sound is is tricky, and it was a little bit. Um, you know, all over the place depending on the environment, um, and the, and the sort of what that particular scene called for. Hmm. Right.
0: So you said, and that goes back to sound. You know, the aspect of sound and and how important that the sound is for films. You know. This has been a big struggle for all of all of us as filmmakers, for sure. If we started making films with DSLRs, you know, because then you go home and you listen to it, it's like, wow, man, how is this possible? You know, I can't believe it. This is not (laughs) this is not what I was looking for at all. Right, that's true. Wow, do you have any uh, any actually any tips for filmmakers to get better sound throughout your experiences in shooting the feature film?
1: Hmm. Well, I would try to work with lavalier microphones more. Um, Of course, it's harder to hide it but then also or just working with um a sound person to do on set sort of dual system sound where you have somebody with a proper microphone hanging overhead
0: hmm. that would
1: be the best way and that's really the traditional way people have always done it with cinema verite and you know it adds another person there and more stress which is another thing right like once you remove that like you know you 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 can get really uh, probably a lot more intimate with people and they're less nervous so it's a it's tit for tat you know you have to make that decision exactly
0: making your choices and basing your team on the needs of the film you know because at the end of the day your film it also from what i've seen really comes across and really has this energy because of the intimacy that you created with the with the with the, all the interviewees you know so having i think right. a second person there with a boom i would not have given you the same results at all i can i can tell that you know and that's the beauty also of this of the of the price of not having a big budget you know right that is that we can play the cards in our way and we can find things that no other piece of content can find out there
1: right and one more point to that which i think is an important point is that i didn't use any handheld devices because it just it looks awkward to have a big machine there, and uh, there's already a machine mitigating every conversation in this sort of machine-driven reality <laughs> where we're talking about attention and technology. Um, so I wanted to be intentional about this, and this goes back to tantric cinema, the idea of being your own support for the camera through the body and really getting grounded through the body and making that a f- kind of some kind of embodied practice and an opportunity to apply meditation while filming you know so yeah wow this is beautiful man like oh man
0: it's the first time i come across this thought but so many times throughout my 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 you know my film journey i've i felt that you know i felt that moment of complete presence Mm. Uh, when uh, oh, yeah. and that's where the camera becomes a powerful tool. You know, it's not a tool. You know, you can feel the heat of the camera when it's when it's projected onto you. You know, but it can also we can turn that heat uh, into the warmth of a hug. You know, to to create empathy and to heal the interviewee and to create a bridge between the interviewee and the the the, the camera operator. You know, and, and we as filmmakers, we guys. Guys, filmmakers, we are in the best... We're in really in the best world, you know? With with all these opportunities, and there's so much to discover, and there's so much that we can learn, and we can teach each other, you know? And, uh, Connor, Tantric Cinema, you said, correct? Yeah,
1: tantra- so that comes from... Um, the word Tantra, uh, it has. A, it's a loaded term, you know, and a lot of times it's associated with sexuality and sexual pleasure, but it has nothing to do with that at all. It's actually you know, I have to say that right now, and I'm not an authority on the subject, I can't really make a knowledge claim, you know, um, on this, on this whole set of uh, esoteric teachings, but basically what I'm, what I'm interested in is Tantra as, as a, uh, uh, a definition that I like of it is that it's, it's, a, a, like, uh, woven or to weave, and definitely if we get into some of the subtleties of of our experience we find out that connectivity is everything i mean it's in the gross sense it's it's really related to uh, you know talking to people and sharing community but in the subtle sense when we begin to go deeper we find that it's actually there's a patchwork and i think uh, you know it's the matrix or whatever it's underlying everything And <laughs> hmm. um, but it's actually possible to experience it and even go beyond it apparently but so taking that concept of um, weave and, and connectivity and and applying that in film um, to kind of weave something together that takes a broad look and it also isn't so reductionist that it's focusing on focus as just this kind of prescribed um, tool, you Beautiful. know, but understanding the, the broader context... Since there was this saying,
0: the Matrix is not a fiction film; it's a documentary, right? <laughs> I <don't like> that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There it goes. There it goes. Nice. Wow, what a great chat, you know. And uh, we're gonna have to take another break over here with one of the uh, tracks from the original soundtrack of your film, a "Focused Life." Uh, what an amazing soundtrack from uh, Corny Smith and Steve Lyman. Really incredible mellow jazz soundtrack. So refined. So I want to take you guys all actually uh, through this track called. Sunshine Alchemy Alchemy is another Important Powerful word Right there uh, But right. Uh, let's enjoy it A little bit Let's close our eyes And let's travel a little bit With Sunshine Alchemy And we'll catch up Right after on Call Pretty 100.5 FM Room tone The radio show I'm Jerry your host A big hug That lasts 1 minute And 30 seconds <laughs> back everybody this is room tone the radio show here we are on 100.5 cop radio and uh just uh, about to chat a bit more about film and filmmaking with our guest here Connor provenzano what a pleasure to have you here talking about your film focused life uh, where did that song take you
1: oh it just it, it reminded me of recording in the studio and being sitting right next to courtney smith and um you know uh just sort of they were they have this mind meld thing going on where they, they they played a lot together and they've trusted each other enough to just be able to like throw out a few ideas and just you know do a quick little okay, like how does that sound and then just boom, go for it. And that's basically what we did. you know like Steve and I met and we we put some ideas together. Um, really quickly, and then at some point he handed it off to Courtney and said, what do you think of this? And then I I was with Courtney and he would get into some stuff and I'd be like, yeah, that that makes sense. Or like, "Ah, I don't think it's the right right vibe. And then in the studio, it was just, I sat next to Courtney and he would just play perfect takes (laughs) of this incredible kind of improv stuff. So relaxed too. And after every take, I would just be like cringing in the corner like, oh my god, that's so beautiful, you know, and and giving props and everything, so it was lovely. What an incredible original soundtrack for your film, man! Wow.
0: The moment I first heard this music, I just started. I just started. You know, uh, I just started dreaming about the power of this film. You know, because having the chance to have a music that lets you dive this deep into this concept of attention and focused. You know, this music really draws you in, you know. That's the power also, I think, of the genre of jazz. That many times it's it's probably the jazz is the only place where, you know, three or four people can talk at the same time and still be understood, you know. <laughs> they can right, have all right. their, their own thing <laughs> going on, you know. We can still understand everything that they're saying, and that's the beauty also of having a soundtrack like that. Did you know it was going to be jazz right away?
1: Well, I've always loved jazz, and I've I've always considered it to be a calming thing. You know, like, and and I read John Coltrane's biography as part of the research for this film, and I really think that he he discovered something so beautiful and spiritual through his art and through his his willpower, really, and his concentration. So that energy, you know, is always there. And um, but I mean, the, you know, there was a lot of it was tricky to understand. You know, what kind of film, what kind of music would work for the film? Um, I did not realize that I I would want to. Um, record some jazz music until a little later like around 2016 I think is when we did it so it was late in the game interesting
0: very interesting how jazz uh, became part of this project nice and now i guess it's time to talk about your next project and about that we're going to go through the one minute pitch where you get to pitch anything you want anything that comes out from the heart uh, to put the idea out there in the world and it's going to bounce back at you you know because when you put an an idea out there in the universe then the universe recognizes that you want to make it happen and so it's going to give you the chance and allow you to make it happen how do you feel about it I feel great about that. Right on. Amazing. So I'm going to hit that clock. Are you ready? I'm going to go three. It is
1: one minute. Three, two, one. Let's go. All right. So I, I would really love to make a film about my friend Kildem Soto, who's a poet, and he's a a father, and um, he's from Peru, from Lima. Actually, he's from Juanaco, but he spent time in Lima. And his story is really interesting, how he got to the United States, and... And uh, when he was younger, and then ended up going back when he was in his teens and discovering more of the beauty of his culture um, and just all the experiences that he went through, and he's such a powerful presence um, and his also his father, whose name is ulysses, uh, had this incredible journey to become an uh, an immigrant and and it was very dangerous he went you know via coyotes to the uh to the states uh, to establish residence um, over a long period of time and um, my friend killed him. you know, he means a lot to me as a human being, and just to, to get to go back to uh, Peru, you know, with him and sort of do this half-narrative, uh, half-documentary where he's discovering his indigenous roots would be incredible, too.
0: Wow, that sounds like another pitch for a great documentary from Conor Provenzano. One minute, precise, split second. Wow, not bad. A lot of attention going on in there. Huh? Not
1: bad. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> Good force, stuff. Probably forethought. <laughs>
0: Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, uh, we're actually approaching the end. Of the episode here on Room Tone, the radio show And unfortunately today we're not going to have um, The opportunity to step into the Proust questionnaire But that's because I want to ask you specific questions You know, uh, this conversation that we've had for the past 50 minutes Has been so insightful, so beautiful And uh, really mm-hmm. touching so many different colors of the color wheel uh, And we've been dancing around the concept of attention and focus mm-hmm. So I want to ask you, this is, a, this is a question I've been thinking about a lot Especially when watching the trailer of your film what does
1: attention mean to you? Well, it's certainly part of our nature. It's something that is a, a, a birthright. I think we were, were sort of meant to be able to use it. And there's this kind of spine-straightening feeling I get when I talk about attention because I really feel that um, it is integral to our destiny in some way as a species. Um, I I mean, it's it's actually... It's there's a difference between attention and conscious attention, and <laughs> to get into all of it, it's uh, it would take some time. But I think, you know, conscious attention, where we're being aware of how we use our attention, is really going to be one of the things that helps us tackle the manifold issues that we're facing in the world today, um, with a sense of, of easefulness and a sense of, of calm and, and humility as well. Um, because it's, I think, activists and I think alchemists have a lot to learn from each other. And we need to sort of work together and cooperate to make a kind of um, make good use of our attention and actually strengthen it towards meaningful things.
0: Hmm. Meaningful things. Wow. What a beautiful combination of words right here from uh, from you, Connor. It's really so nice because uh, asking you that question. You know, after your seven years journey making your feature film, Focus Life, all about attention and focus. You know. That's something that's something meaningful right there. Having having you share those words and having you share that knowledge, that wisdom that you you got throughout the seven years, you know, Mm -hmm. what attention is, you know, it's 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 something probably we might never be able to really condensate down to one specific thought, you know, but you mentioned earlier, you mentioned attention and conscious of them two different things, but is basically fundamental and crucial to our destiny as a species. And not only as a species, I would say, even as an individual, you know? Because if you look at the power of dreams, dreams are, are foolish is is attention on a taken on a foolish underpinning you know what is what is your dream right it's it's an atten it's it's where your attention is projected without having any rational thought into it just using imagination right. and how that pivot point how that point anchored up there can be the bridge between you and your future self how that attention can become the power and the best tool of any storyteller out there to make dreams happen Do you think dreams have come true for you
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, more than I could have possibly imagined, you know. Um, I think this film gave me the right amount of challenges as well as support to learn the lessons that I needed to develop um, character strengths that in a feedback way kind of helped me develop my concentration um, and learn more about its complexity. But I do just want to say that the the title itself, Focused Life, right? you know, focus, <laughs> one could make the argument that life is attention sort of channeled through our bodies. Um, it's also clearly something that, you know, once it becomes your intention, you would work on it throughout the lifespan, this never stops. And then also it involves everything in our lives once we really start paying attention to how it functions. Diet, you know, is a you know first example that sort of comes to my mind, and um you know what are you doing that to sort of enhance your ability to focus and and uh is there empathy that you're giving to others and also empathy you're giving to yourself and being able to turn your attention inward i mean i would say that since the beginning the film has been more about turning the attention inward but now that i understand more of its complexity i don't look at it in a hierarchical way i also feel like it's so important to Turn our attention outward at all these things that really need our attention right now.
0: What a beautiful balance right there, inward and outward. And sometimes it's about stepping inwards to understand the outward and stepping outward to understand the inward. You know, there's this mm-hmm. beautiful parallel, this beautiful contrast <laughs> right there. And, you know, time is ticking here for us on uh, Room Tone, the radiation. I think mm-hmm. it's time actually to wrap this whole burrito up. We got to make it happen. We got to roll because the days keep flowing. And so I want to give one last shout out for your free test screening of Focus Life. Um, basically at the Cineworks Independent Filmmakers Society at 7 p.m., 15th of August. And Connor. Connor is going to be right there with his charming, beautiful voice, uh, catching all (laughs) of your feedback. And uh, uh, wow, what a great chat we've had today, man. I really enjoyed this chat, navigating and and, and really navigating the seas of filmmaking and stepping into spirituality and talking about everything in between. It's been really a pleasure to have you here. Do you have any shout outs, any last comments to blast through the mic?
1: Oh, man. Shout out to... You know Don Morrison, who was in the film, who I did an interview with here in Vancouver, who's a sequitmic woman um, and an indigenous scholar and uh, works with land-based pedagogy. She's an amazing person. Um, everyone who's involved in the film and also who worked on the film, there's so too many people, too many people. It's lovely community. You know,
0: a big (laughs) hug to to you, all the people who supported you in making uh, Focused Life. Mm. And, uh, of course, if uh, you guys want to keep in touch and stay updated, go on focusedlifefilm.com. We're going to put everything in the description of this podcast that you can find on on roomtontheradioshow.com. I'm Ruggero, your host. It's been a pleasure here. uh, Wow, talking films and spirituality and everything in between. What a great time with you, Connor. Uh, Connor, 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 Connor. We're going to wrap up with the original soundtrack of your film. Now. Okay. Now okay. this Sounds title. Good. Let me ask you one more thing about this title. All right. This all title right. is Coffee. The ideas <laughs> You already know. Coffee. The ideas come
1: marching in. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well man. You know we're also addicted to coffee. Not all of us, but you know, most of us are addicted to caffeine. Um, but it does help you kind of get into a mode of focusing on things. Um, and it also, the way uh, my girlfriend Lauren describes it, which I think is so funny and, and matter of fact, is that the ideas come marching in. Um, and so her favorite, you know, thing to do in the morning is have a cup of coffee and get some work done. And and I've witnessed the ideas just flow right. You know, uh, they, there's a lot of momentum. And, you know, it, the, the, the feeling of this song, I think, uh, just um, made me want to title it as such because it sort of conveys that feeling of things just rolling in, almost almost at a pace that you can't keep up with (laughs) (laughs)
0: Amazing, thank you for wrapping all of this up Connor, it was a pleasure to have you here I'm Roger, your host on Room Tom, the radio show 100.5 FM Cop Radio Catch you next Thursday at 11am for more movies and filmmaking now Coffee, the ideas come marching in from Courtney Smith and Steve Lyman Everybody, enjoy